So I did not have a healthy relationship with food and fitness. So this is something where, you know, I realized that, you know, at, at one point that I was going to be handing down all of these unhealthy behaviors, these limiting beliefs to my daughter. And I could either do that or break that cycle. You are listening to Plant Strength Radio. Each week, remarkable stories of plant-based healing, mindfulness, fitness, nutrition, and activism as told by those with the expressed desire to affect lasting change in our world. Real people, real experiences. Your host, Bobby Lynch. What's up, guys, and welcome to Plant Strength Radio. I'm your host, Bobby Lynch, and on today's show, we have author, vegan endurance runner, health coach, and host of the Badass Rebel Vegan Show on the Jane Unchained Network, Jane Elizabeth. Welcome, Jane. Hey, Bobby. Thanks for having me today. Of course. It's a pleasure to have you on. So we have a lot to talk about today, but before we get started, we're going to have a little on-the-spot icebreaker segment. Are you ready to go? I'm ready. Awesome. Let's do it. So tell me, what is giving you strength this year, 2021? So in other words, what's currently motivating you to keep going? You know, Bobby, one of the main things right now that's keeping me going is creating opportunities that I don't see. So if I want to do something, I just create that opportunity myself and making a difference. That is my goal for 2021 is in everything I do is to make a difference for the world as a, as a whole. So it's not just about me, it's about everyone. And I want to make sure I'm having the greatest impact I possibly can, leaving my mark on the world in the most impactful way possible. I love that. I love that. And I feel exactly the same. That's what motivates me all the time. Always thinking of the bigger purpose. It's really, really, really inspirational. So awesome. Okay, let's get started. So you have an amazing transformation story from struggling with weight to becoming an endurance runner, ran a full marathon. I can't even imagine running 26 miles straight. Tell us about that. How did your family history negatively impact your health? Yeah, Bobby, that's a really great question. So yeah, I was obese a few years ago and I was struggling with chronic asthma, chronic joint pain. And, you know, I never really knew what it was like to actually just be healthy and, you know, being able to to eat food and make choices that were good for me. I didn't value myself enough to actually make those choices. And, you know, I didn't understand that I even had that, uh, you know, choice really to make you know, those, those food choices each day that would fuel my body. So it was like, you know, I would, I, the way I learned to eat was basically you either starve yourself or punish yourself, right. With like grueling workouts. Well, I thought they were grueling back then. And now it's something I could do in my sleep. Right. But, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't learn how to eat in a healthy way. It was either severe restriction or nothing or, you know, binging, which I definitely did because I definitely got to a point where I was, you know, self-medicating with food and alcohol, but we can get into that later. Um, but yeah, I didn't really learn. I didn't have a good role model as far as what healthy looked like. And so I was just kind of flailing, you know, as far as my food choices were concerned, I looked at working out as a, a punishment. So I did not have a healthy relationship with food and fitness. So this is something where, you know, I realized that, you know, at, at one point um, that I was going to be handing down all of these unhealthy behaviors, these limiting beliefs to my daughter. And I could either do that 
or break that cycle. I could choose to be the last one. I knew, you know, that I, I can't change my past just like everybody else. So all of these, you know, diet fads and crazes and things that you know, have been a part of my life, um, trying to like lose weight for you know, to, to get skinny, right? Or to, you know, look like a certain person or whatever the goal was. I don't even know what the goal was with any of these things. Um, the goal was never to be healthy. And so I knew that I had to change my whole life in order to break that cycle and show my daughter what it means to be healthy. And that was my goal. So this time was different because for one thing, I had my why in place, my daughter, and showing her what it means to, to just be healthy as her default setting. Because I never had that. And I, I just thought, gosh, wouldn't it be amazing to be one of those people? You know, you see these people out there and I'd be so jealous. They would just be healthy. Like they would love going for a walk or a bike ride or a run. And they would make these healthy choices with their, with their food. And they knew when to stop eating intuitively. And they would make these choices that were so difficult for me to even grasp. And so being able to like give that to my daughter, that's my why. And the greatest gift I can give to her is for her to be healthy as a default. So that was one thing, you know, my, my family history, my dad, you know, was healthy sort of, but he, you know, cause he would run and, and swim and he would eat healthy organic food. He did love his processed meat and, you know, eggs and that, that sort of thing. Um, but he, you know, there's a lot of restriction with him. So there was never this balance of making choices of food you really want to eat, like comfort food. Um, it was always this restriction. So there wasn't any type of, um, you know, there was no, no choice there. It was all, this is what you have to do. So it was very, very like laid out and, and planned out. And, you know, my mom struggled with her weight. She still struggles with her weight. Um, and that was really hard to see. My sisters all did the diets, like diet pills. They starve themselves, you know, live off of cigarettes and alcohol and the latest, you know, trend or fad. Um, so, yeah, you know, just looking at all that being the youngest, you know, I was looking at all that and learning from it because you learn from what people do rather than what they say. You can say, be healthy, make healthy choices, eat your vegetables. But if you don't see people doing that, you're not going to do it. Um, so it was really it was actually really difficult because I had no idea what healthy looked like when I first started this. Um, but, you know, the first thing I did was I aligned my behavior with my beliefs. I went vegan for the animals. I didn't know about the health benefits. I didn't know about the positive environmental impact it would have. I just didn't want to cause harm to any animals. I know I, I know I can't save them all, but I can be one less person causing them harm. So that's what I, I did first um, to kind of break that cycle of not being aligned. And I felt so not in alignment with who I really was that that was the first thing I did. And it was a huge thing because where I'm from, it's big hunting and, and fishing area. People, you know, love their meat. You know, they love to eat dead animals. And so, um, and dairy is huge. So doing that, I was like, okay, I'm a little bit of a rebel here, right? Because like I'm making a choice that nobody's really making, you know, in this area in Minneapolis, St. Paul, people are not really into veganism. They don't even really know what it is. Um, and I just started running because I thought, you know what, I've got an old pair of shoes. I've got an old treadmill. This is something I know I can do. My daughter's really young, so I can do it at home. And I knew it worked. Running works. I know that. Like everybody knows you can start running and you can get fit, right? I mean, people know this. It's like something people have been doing for a really, really long time, decades, centuries. Um, so that's what I did. I just started. And this time I just didn't stop. I just mm. kept going. So, so when was that defining moment? 
Yeah, it was, you know, I was looking at this picture. So I had just graduated from grad school, which I was really proud of myself because people told me I couldn't do it because I was in grad school. Um, the first half I was pregnant with my daughter. The second half was she was a newborn. So it was getting like no sleep. Wow. So um, when, what year, what year did you graduate? Uh, that was 20. So I graduated in 20, uh, 2016, the end of 2016. But these pictures, like the actual graduation ceremony was 2017. Okay. So yeah. These pictures were 2017. I was looking at these pictures. I had, you know, wanted to celebrate. Um, I took some pictures with my daughter and I was looking at these pictures, Bobby. And it was like, I didn't even know who this woman was. I was looking at these pictures. I didn't even recognize myself. Like, who is this woman holding my daughter? And it just hit me as, you know, I, I can't do this. I can't pass down all of this unhealed trauma to my daughter that I've been going through. I didn't know that at that time, but I knew I had to make changes. I knew from a physical standpoint, I had to make better decisions because I had to show her what it means to be healthy. Otherwise, I was just going to keep passing down what had been passed down to me. And, and that's I thought, literally what everyone's health is. It's yeah. a product of your learned habits. And I always try to say this, if your family, your family history is that product of the learned habits that were passed to you by your parents, from their parents, from their parents, it's really not that diabetes runs in the family. It's the learned habits that cause diabetes runs in the family. Because what you put in on, in and in, in your body specifically, but also on your body as well, every single day is a direct result of your health, whether it's good or bad health. And so that's, I mean, that's amazing. So yeah, continue on. No, that's really, you know, it was just those, those two things. I, so I switched over to, to being vegan and, um, you know, that was something where I just used, you know, thank goodness for mock meats, because I did use those at the beginning to, I just used the, the same recipes I was using and I made them vegan and I tried like every kind of vegan creamer. And that's actually, that, that was the last thing to go for me was creamer in my coffee. So I would use half and half of my coffee. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I was at this point, I had given up meat and I, so I'm allergic to fish and seafood. So I haven't eaten that since I was like really, really little. Um, I don't eat pigs. I just, it didn't digest well for me. And I think they're really cute. So I didn't really eat pigs anyway. I didn't eat a lot of beef because cows are cute. So I just like had trouble eating cows anyway. Um, so eating meat wasn't something that was really important to me anyway. So it was like, I just had, I really struggled with that. Every time I would see uh, meat on my plate, I would just see this, the animal that was living, you know, the, the yeah. sentient being. And I just, I was struggling with that. And it was something I was kind of like grappling with, you know, for a long, long time being a part of the, the animal rescue community. Um, so giving that up was actually, it, like, it was just this sense of freedom because it was like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm finally aligned. But yeah. dairy, I didn't know about the dairy industry. Mm -hmm. so, and most people don't. They don't. And so I was sitting there and I was like, you know, if half and half is the only thing I drink, that's the only thing I, I consume. No big deal. Cause it's not that bad. One thing. Yeah. Just course. one thing. So I was actually nursing my daughter at this time. And normally I'm not a fan of the algorithms on social media, but it happened to know what I needed to see in this moment. <laughs> so I was nursing her and this video pulled up. It wasn't a graphic video. It was simply a mother cow chasing her baby who was stolen from her. And I broke down and I'm not somebody who breaks down easily. I mean, it takes a lot. And 
I just, I broke down. I completely lost it. And I was like, I can't, how can I do this? Because you know what? I'm supporting an industry where babies are stolen from their mothers so we can have the milk that's meant for that baby. And I'm nursing my daughter. So, I mean, it was that connection that was so deep to every single mother out there in the world, no matter their, their species. And it's like, no, no, I stand with mothers. And that means I will not support the dairy industry. So, because I, babies belong with their moms. That's it. And the milk is meant for their babies. And I didn't know that there were any health benefits. But the crazy thing is this, Bobby, it was so cool because once I finally switched over to being fully vegan, I gave up dairy. Um, Within about two weeks, I stopped having um, any issues with my asthma. So I was one of those people, I would literally have to take like three puffs of my inhaler before I would go on my 20 minute. Okay. It was, I call it a run. But when I was first starting, I mean, I was obese. My knees hurt. Everything hurt. So it was like a slow jog. How much know? did you weigh at the time? Because this is 2017, right? It was 2017. Yeah, I was up to like 185, a little bit more. Yeah. And, and how five tall two. are you? I'm five, five two. Yeah. Five two. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, yeah. And for being a female, that's a lot. Wow. It was a lot. Yeah. yeah. And so I had all this excess weight. So it it hurt, but I just knew I had to keep going. Yeah, I had to keep going. But within that that two weeks, the really cool thing is that once my asthma symptoms went away. I felt so much relief that I could actually run, even though it wasn't easy, right? Because it wasn't easy to like carry that much excess weight. Um, it I could breathe. And that was and that, just because you went vegan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I think so. I mean, I haven't used my rescue inhaler since. I actually went to the doctor, a whole, totally different story. Um, so anyway, over the course of, of 18 months, I lost 85 pounds and amazing. running and going vegan. I did eventually switch over to being mostly whole food plant-based because I looked into the health benefits. Um, don't get me wrong. I enjoy my vegan comfort food and vegan nachos every now and again, but I mean- As we all do and as you should. Exactly. Right. And I want my daughter to understand that she doesn't have to follow such a strict you know, eating plan that she can enjoy you know, some of these like comfort foods and like vegan junk food every now and again, and it's totally fine. Um, I don't want her to have that complex, you know, of like never being able to enjoy a, a vegan cookie, you know? <laughs> it's like, totally. Yeah. It's um, so silly. Right. So, um, but yeah, I so said that was really cool. And I actually ended up breaking my foot, um, falling down the stairs, which is like not fun at all. Um, but I went to the doctor and they were looking at my chart. They looked at me, looked at my weight that I was at that time, you know, and looked at, the weight I was the last time I was at the doctor, which was, you know, before that, like, you know, I weighed almost twice what I, you know, weighed um, at, you know, in that moment. And I was like, yeah, there's a little bit of a difference in my weight. And they were like, what happened? I said, well, I went vegan and started running. That's amazing. (laughs) That's so amazing. they, They tested me for my asthma because they said, you haven't had an asthma test in a really long time. And this asthma was so bad, Bobby, that I actually went to the urgent care at one point, because I was having trouble breathing, they were mad at me. The doctor came out and was really, really angry. And he said, listen, if you ever struggle like this again, this was, you know, obviously pre-going vegan when I was, you know, obese. He said, if you ever struggle like this again with your breathing, the oxygen levels in your, in your blood are so low that you can die. Do not come to the urgent care. If this ever happens to you again, go to the emergency room. Wow. Call the ambulance. You cannot come to the urgent care if you have if you experience issues breathing like this again. So I mean, my asthma was so bad that the doctor's like, do not come to the urgent care. Go to the ER immediately or call an ambulance. So like it was really bad. So to have that 
no longer be on my medical chart is huge. And yeah, the doctor, when I broke my foot, she was like, we're going to do this asthma test. You haven't had it for a while. I'm like, yeah, I know. I haven't had any issues since I went vegan. And they kind of looked at me like, wait, what? Okay. So you lost all this weight and then you don't have asthma anymore. But they did that, the test, everything was great, completely clear. Everything is, is, you know, totally healthy. Like it never had asthma. And the doctor kind of went from being skeptical to going, you know what? I'd like to actually hear more about this vegan thing because really, yeah. Wow. So kind of talked about that and well, where do you get your protein? We had the whole conversation and, and, you know, I'm not pushy with things. I don't say like you should go vegan too. I just say, you know, this is my story. This is what I chose to do. And this is how it positively impacted my life. Yeah. And then people want to hear more. Right. And then so they start was, thinking, how could this positively impact my own, their own? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that was, so that was pretty cool. So yeah, I mean, it's like completely off my medical chart, which is amazing. So not only like the weight loss, which is huge, um, but also, yeah, not having asthma anymore. I mean, that is something I never thought would, would happen. I mean, I always thought I would have issues breathing. I would have to take my inhaler with me everywhere. And I would worry a lot about being like stuck or stranded without my inhaler because I couldn't breathe without it. And now it's like I, you know, run a marathon, didn't even bring my inhaler with me because that's so amazing. (laughs) That is so amazing. That's such an amazing transformation. So what would you tell somebody who is struggling with the same thing, especially body dysmorphia? What's one piece of advice you would give them to break that negative cycle? Yeah, well, what I like to tell my clients is this. So one thing that I want people to do is to rewire the way they think about themselves. Then you're looking in the mirror and you start picking apart every single part of your body because this is what what I used to do and it still happens to me. I'm not like whole and healed and everything's perfect and my life is totally fine and like I never struggle. I still struggle. I still struggle with body dysmorphia sometimes because you don't lose 85 pounds as a five foot two woman and look at yourself and think, gosh, I'm perfect. You look at yourself and think, oh my gosh, I can see that there's like an imperfection there and there's an imperfection there and I don't like the way that looks and somebody else has a better stomach. And, you know, so there are all these things that still happen to me too. And I want to be totally transparent about that. I'm always going to be healing, but you don't have to be healed to be happy. Yeah. So when I look at myself in the mirror now and I encourage people to do this, tell me three things you love about yourself. Tell me three things you love about yourself. And it's not being cocky. This is you building your own confidence. This is you rewiring your brain. And when you're looking at other people, instead of picking them apart, because this is what people do when they're not happy with themselves, they also pick other people apart. Mm -hmm. Instead of going, gosh, I'll bet you she's had work done. Gosh, you know, I'll bet, you know, he hires somebody to make him look that way. Tell me three things you appreciate about that person too. This rewires your brain. Your whole way of thinking starts changing. And you start seeing yourself and other people as being beautiful human beings exactly as you are. Because you know what? you learning to love yourself right now is so important. It's imperative because you know, that, that self-love is something that you, know, you need to, to work on. You're, it's not going to be something that happens overnight. It's something you actually have to work on all the, all, you know, every day all day. It's something that you, you tell yourself, you know, okay, gosh, if I'm being really hard on myself because I didn't get this project done, or I don't look the way I think I should look, tell me something you're proud of that you've accomplished. Tell me something you love about yourself. So that's something that I would say, no matter what somebody's weight is, 
because you can be obese and struggle with this. You can be super fit and struggle with this. I mean, I've talked to so many athletes who still pick apart their bodies. I'm, I'm guilty of it still to this day. I'm so, so much better than where I was just a few years ago, but I really, really struggled with it. When I was young, I went through a chubby phase and then eventually I started to grow out of it. I just hit puberty late. I mean, I was 5'1 as a freshman in high school. So I also got all the short jokes as well. And then, and then I really started to develop into my like young man body more towards end of June, like junior year into senior year of high school, and then really into college. And that's when I started to learn about nutrition, understood calorie counting. But I totally connect with you on that because especially after I did my first and second physique competition, summer 2018, summer 2019, it was bad. I went through the binging. I had some other things going on in my life too that led me to not only binge because of the diet, but also because of the emotional support or really the lack of emotional support around it. And uh, so I just turned to the food. So I, I totally connect with you on that. And it just puts you into this depressive cycle and you really start picking yourself apart. And once I was able to finally break that and just work on developing a healthy relationship with food again, everything that I teach my clients and pra actually practicing what I preach because I was for so long not practicing what I preach every day. Once I was able to connect back to that, it just, it's, it's really changed my life and I feel so much better. But even though I'm still so much better than where I was, I'm not perfect. And allowing yourself to be imperfect is what I found personally has led me to healing properly and getting to where I'm at today. Yeah, it's, it's huge. And looking at like every scar on my body shows where I've been. And it's beautiful because I can look at things and say, yeah, that's where, you know, like my, I have a, a, a small scar from having my daughter, a, a C-section scar. And I look at that and it's like, my body is so incredible. I was able to, you know, carry her through a difficult pregnancy and, you know, give birth this way and heal from that and come out the other side and have this incredible transformation um, and, you know, all different scars, like from playing sports. And I was always a, a tomboy growing up. So, you know, I climb trees and fall and not that I recommend that, but, um, that the falling part climbing trees, sure. But falling, don't do that. Um, if you can avoid it. And uh, so, I mean, I have scars everywhere and like, you know, things are so imperfect. And I think, you know, we live in this world where things are like airbrushed, right. To the point where like people don't even look like themselves. You meet people in person or like in a video like this, most people don't even look the way they look in social media pictures. You're like, wait, who are you? Are you the person I, I've been following on social media? Um, I try to keep it really authentic. You know, um, I will color correct bags under my eyes, full disclosure on my social media pictures. Other than that, I keep it authentic because you know what? I'm not perfect. I'm not pretending to be perfect. I think it's really important for people to know that and to not compare themselves to people they see on social media because those people Typically, when you're seeing pictures, and I, because I see this all the time, I live in LA now. So, you know, I see these people taking these pictures. They do not look like that. Typically, people are, you know, drinking nothing but water for three days before pictures and then not even water for 24 hours so that they can, you know, have their muscles pop, right? Um, there's airbrushing, there's 
all kinds of photo editing. They're enhancing things and, you know, slimming other things out. Um, so, you know, I would say, you know, sure, appreciate the beauty of these pictures, but don't compare yourself to them because it's like apples to oranges, first off, because everybody's so different. That's what makes right. us all beautiful. It's the unique yeah. qualities that we all have. Also, you're not, you know, unless you have a professional photographer and all these people to do all this editing and all the fake that, that you you know, have in these pictures, nothing's going to look like that. So don't, don't worry about that, you know, and you, you could appreciate the beauty without comparing yourself or just don't even look at them. Totally. And, yeah. and really one thing that we always miss is no matter how things seem on social media, it never really is that way in real life. Not only just with how these people look, but also what their lives are like on a day-to-day -day basis, how their personal life is. A lot of times people you would never know who look like they have the most amazing life, everything is going right for them, could have a shit storm going on in their personal life and you would have no idea. And then you compare yourself and you feel, wow, why am I not as good as this person? They have, looks like they have everything together. And in reality, they really don't. And you mm -hmm. see this all the time with big stars who eventually open up about all their struggles of drug abuse and relapsing. And um, yeah, it's just at the end of the day, the less you compare yourself and the more you focus on stop trying to be perfect, allow yourself to be imperfect, the faster you heal and the more freedom that you ultimately unlock for yourself. But mm -hmm. switching gears, this has been an amazing conversation so far, but to switch gears a little bit, you now have your own live show on the Jane Unchained News Network, Badass Rebel Vegan. So tell us, how did you land that? And were you always comfortable with speaking in front of large audiences like you're doing right now? Before answering that, though, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after this message from our sponsors. Support for this episode comes from Chicken Bites. Hey, did you know that every serving of Chicken Bites has 17 grams of protein? And did you know that they're made entirely from simple ingredients? Visit www.plantstrengthfoods.com to find out where you can get your pack of Chicken Bites. Use promo code PSR at checkout to save on your order. Chicken Bites, always made from ingredients you can pronounce. Support for this episode comes from Trupo Treats. Brian and Charlie Trooper were on a mission to find the most delectable treat of them all, chocolate. Unfortunately for them, there were very few vegan chocolates on the market. So together, the twin brothers had an epiphany. Why not make our own? So the brothers did just that and launched the Milkless Chocolate Vegan Crunch Bar. Visit www.troopotreats.com to taste a little bit of cruelty-free heaven. Use promo code PSR at checkout to save on your order. And as an added perk, 25% of all proceeds are donated to animal farm sanctuaries. Triple Treats, helping animals one chocolate bar at a time. All right, guys, and welcome back. So before the break, I asked Jane about her show, her live show on the Jane Unchained News Network, Badass Rebel Vegan, how she landed that, and if she was always comfortable speaking in front of large audiences like she is today. So without further ado, Jane, take it away. Well, I'm going to answer the, the last part of that first. So yes, I've always been comfortable speaking in front of large audiences. So I'm a musician and being on stage, being in front of people is something that 
I've been doing for pretty much my entire life. Um, and the, the thing is, you know, I'm, I've always been kind of awkward and I learned to just like lean into it and not care what anybody else thinks. Just That's accept my yourself thing. for who you are fully. People, just own it and people love you more. That I just I just own it. And I used to be so concerned about not doing things right, not being perfect, not doing things exactly as a certain way, what everybody wants me to do. And now I'm just kind of like, you know what? I'm not perfect. I am actually super awkward when it comes to like certain, you know, conversations and the way I do certain things. And I just don't care. Like, you know, you know, some people are concerned about looking perfect on on screen or on stage. I just don't care. So I lean into it and that's kind of just a part of who I am. I'm very authentic about things. So it's like, you know, things will go wrong and maybe I'll say something, you know, the wrong way and I just let it go because that's a part of who I am and I don't try to fix it. I don't try to correct it. I don't, you know, pretend that I'm somebody I'm not. So that really actually helps me, you know, with these live shows because that comes through. So it's a conversation with people. So it's something where, you know, even if somebody else is nervous, I think they, they feel like I'm just inviting them into my home for a, an actual just conversation instead of an interview. It's more of that, you know, we're just having a, a conversation. We're, we're talking. Um, how it all came to be actually was last year in um, 2020. So, you know, we had the, the pandemic hit and um, we needed to reach people, you know, through the, the Jane Unchained Network. And I've been a part of that network for um, since 2019. So I was actually on the show that's on Amazon Prime called New Day New Chefs. I was one of the guest chefs on that show. Um, and I had met Jane before that um, through a lunch break live. I um, came out here to LA for business, was on a lunch break live. She was like, oh my God, I love your story. And from there, we just, you know, became friends and I was on the um, New Day New Chef. And then when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh my gosh, we need to do, you know, something different, right? We need to, you know, create um, new shows to reach people because everybody's stuck at home. And they're like, well, you know, how about a, a fitness show? And I was like, yeah, I'll do a, a fitness show. So I started doing this show and I was getting, you know, athletes and, you know, personal trainers, a lot of people on. And, and I've kind of switched gears where it is still fitness. It's fitness, nutrition, and inspiration. So, um, and we're talking about, about health too. So and not even like mental health. So really diving into what people, what I feel um, people really need to, to hear um, just to really connect with the audience in all different ways. And um, so that's how it all started was just this idea of let's just add value to the audience um, and let's just show up because this is something that I do. It's a volunteer on a volunteer basis. Um, so I started that show. And then I also started a show with my friend Sean Hill on Friday nights called Friday Night Live. Then I also started the Vegan Creator Studio um, and that is on Saturday nights. And that's to really give um, vegan creators a platform to share their gifts with the, with the vegan community. So. Um, so these are shows that really help, you know, these guests and then they also help the audience. So this is just a way to connect with the audience and just continue to add value. And um, these are shows I used to do four shows each week. Now I do like two shows a week. So it's been a cut back a little bit just because, you know, it, it was getting to be um, a lot of shows and a lot of guests. So I, I love it and I love showing up for, for people that way. Um, and I've met so many really amazing people too through this. So it just helps me connect with the vegan community um, and kind of do a, a pulse check. So I know what people really need to, to hear um, and what is actually going to add value to people because you might think it's one thing, but it's actually something totally different. So, um, so I kind of keep it fresh and keep it, you know, 
a little exciting and sometimes we you know dive deep into certain things and um so yeah it's been it's been a really great experience and I've just and I, I love it I love talking to to people that's my thing I like talking to people and there's really not going to be somebody I don't want to talk to I mean even if it's somebody I don't agree with I want to have that conversation anyway to because hear I your perspective yeah, yeah I learned so much and I mean because even if I don't agree with people I don't I'm not gonna like shut them down I actually want to hear where they're coming from. Yeah. Hear their perspective because, you know, we don't learn if we live in a silo. I mean, you live in an echo chamber, right? And that can happen sometimes depending on who you surround yourself with. And in a lot of ways, you know, when you're talking about your inner circle, you do need to be very careful about who you let in, into that space because of the energy that, you know, you, um, you create within that, that circle within that space, the, the space you hold for people. When it comes to speaking with people though, and listening to their perspectives, I feel like, gosh, the more open I am to listening to people and having those conversations, the better. Cause it helps me actually learn. And I actually, you know, I don't know everything. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I really enjoy learning things and you know what, before going vegan, I thought, you know, we've been so taught to believe that certain animals are meant to be loved and cared for and other animals are meant to be eaten. Right. We're, we're taught this. I opened my mind to the idea that I didn't know everything and that not everything that I had been taught was true. And here we go. You know, I thought vegans were crazy. Now I'm really freaking vegan. And, you know, that was all because I was open to a different perspective. So just, you know, that's something that's really huge for me is being open to that and having those conversations. So I love it. Perspective is so big. I speak on that all the time. And that's why I always seek through my activism before before really trying to educate on different topics around what it means to be vegan, the purpose of being vegan, I always try to connect with each person exactly where they are first and to hear them out. Let them speak, let them explain to me what their perspective is, how they view veganism, and then from there work at that base ground to build off of what they're really thinking and to try to break down those negative conditioned societal connotations that have been built up over years of time really break those down and defy the status quo and it it doesn't really work unless you take the time to listen and understand their perspective first and learn more about who that person is so i really love to hear that that's such amazing advice to give and i'm i really hope that People who are listening to this episode right now, really take that to heart if you haven't already, because it really, I promise you, will make the biggest difference in your life. Perspective, 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 perspective. So this has been so amazing so far. Before we kind of end this conversation, we were talking before the show started. You have a bunch of new projects going on on top of everything you already have going on. So tell us a little bit about those. What can people expect from Miss Jane Elizabeth coming soon? Right. So I have a new mobile app. It's called Badashable Vegan. So this is recipes. People always ask me, like they know I run, right? They ask me, what did you eat in order to lose weight? Because that's huge for people. And I didn't count calories or macros. Um, so my, my thing is about intuitive eating and portion control, which is huge. So, I mean, now I do like every now and again, I will track a day of, of calories just to make sure I'm getting enough 
as a, as an endurance runner, I have to make sure I'm getting enough. Um, so that that's something that, you know, people always ask me, what did you eat? What did you eat? What do you eat? So I created, instead of doing a recipe book, you know, that's something that you can't like add to, right? So it's just, you know, it's out there, it's static. So um, I decided that I want to do something more fluid. So I developed my very own recipe app. And so I added this app every month. It's called Badassable Vegan. Everything is vegan and gluten-free because I do have a gluten allergy. It's really severe. So um, everything I make, and people struggle with that. And when people have a gluten allergy, a lot of times they think they can't be vegan because a lot of the alternatives do contain wheat. Um, so this is something that's really huge for that community. You know, if you struggle with uh, gluten intolerance or severe gluten allergy, these are all vegan and gluten-free. Um, and it's a vegan comfort food. And there's also whole food plant-based options because I am mostly whole food plant-based at this point. Um, but that's something that people can download through on their um, Android device through Google Play or um, through the app store on their iPhone. So that's really, really great. Like I said, I add to it every month. There's everything from like lasagna to soup. Um, there's a lot of different things. So pancakes. I mean, there's like <laughs> a lot of different recipes. These are all things I eat because I don't believe in restriction. I believe in abundance. And the really interesting thing is when you are eating mostly whole food plant-based, when you're eating you know, all vegan food, there's such an abundance of food that fuels your body. Because when you look at fueling your body, not dieting, you are fueling your body with every, every single thing you put into your body and you train. Like as an athlete, you, you train. And so, you know, I'm fueling my body for my training. So when I'm, so when I'm running, um, you know, I'm making sure that I'm eating what is going to really um, help me get the most out of that, that run and get me to where I want to go. So um, then from a running perspective, um, this is actually really cool. You're the first person to really know about this. Um, I, you know, I've been running a lot of miles for the past few years. Um, I, at the end of 2020, I realized I was running close to 300 miles a month. So I'm like, I'm just going to make this my goal to run 300 miles a month or more. I don't run like 300 miles in a year. Like that's, I don't, I like never run. I'm more bodybuilding, like performance, sprinting, high intensity intervals, being a college athlete, playing football. That is my preferred style of training. I could not imagine running that much. That's absolutely insane. Yeah. People are like, wait, what? Yeah, endurance athletes. Not like three, like 300. No, 300, over 300 miles a month. And it's interesting because endurance athletes, it's a totally different mindset. You have to have so much mental strength. I mean, this is something that like people really, endurance athletes don't really get a whole lot of, of credit really when it comes, especially the vegan fitness community. Like people don't even talk about it. They just don't even want to, you know, they're like, they, they want to see more like bodybuilders because, you know, you get enough protein, right? Um, but this is something where, you know, I didn't start running because I wanted to look a certain way. I wanted to run because I know what it feels like to not be able to run. Yeah. I know what it feels like to not be able to, to take a deep breath and move my body in that way. So now that I can, I do it because it, there's so much liberation for me with running. It's my time. It's just me and the ground in front of me. It's the only time I have for myself. And there's this like mental strength where you know, you know that your body knows what to do because you know, you've been you've been training for for so long. But mentally, it's like you know sometimes you want to give up, right? I mean, you're you're running all these miles. Let's say you're running a marathon. Um, the highest percentage of people who drop out of a marathon drop out at mile 20. 
mile wow. 20, you have 6.2 miles left. Why would you drop out at mile 20? So it's that mental strength. Percent of the work. Yeah, that, yeah. I see that. So mental many people, strength. they give up. They don't even realize how close they are to the finish line. So close. Anything, like life in general. So close. Just keep moving. And I say, you know, if you want, if you need to stop and walk, stop and walk. Because forward progress is forward progress, no matter what it looks like. So keep moving forward. So from a running standpoint, I realize I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I love what I do and I want to make it count for something more. So what I'm doing this year for 2021 is I'm raising money um, for St. Jude's um, through my running. So this is something that I'm doing. I have a memorial fund set up in memory of my dad who passed away from cancer, my sister who passed away from cancer, and two of my friends who passed away from heart disease. So I'm sorry um, to hear that, by the way, because I, I my dad passed of cancer in 2015, and it's insane to think that in August it'll be it'll be a full six years already. Time just flies. It does. Yeah, my dad passed away in, in um, 2000, so it's been uh, it'll be 21 years in May. And he and my sister both passed away in May. So he passed away May 1st. Um, and then six years and 20 days later, my sister passed away from cancer. So um, so it's a really hard month. And, you know, it took me a long time to actually heal from that grief. And, you know, knowing that grief never goes away. Grief is something that I've learned. You know, I try to push it down with self-medicating with food and alcohol and being ridiculously busy. Um I learned though through this process in the past few years, you know, people see my, my physical transformation, the emotional journey, that transformation has been just as significant. I really want to make sure I tell people that because it's not just physical. You know, the physical body is only part of who you are. You are physical, emotional, and spiritual. And so doing all of that healing is what really creates this path to having a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. Because if you don't do that emotional work, nothing you do on a physical level is going to last because you have to really dive in and be willing to do that work. And it sucks. It's painful. You know, anytime you're healing, it is painful. It is super painful to do that. But I've learned to welcome grief as an old friend and just let it have its say. It comes and goes and it's okay. It's okay to not be okay sometimes. It's okay to be really sad, to be angry. It's okay to, you know, have that, that suffering. It reminds you of how much you love those people you've lost. So in their memory, I'm running and this is just so, so exciting because I, I want it to mean more. I'm doing all this work and yes, it's transformational. Yes, I love it. I want it to mean more. So I, I have this memorial um, fund set up um, for St. Jude's and I'm actually running my first ultra marathon. I am creating it and running in it because I don't want to. That's 100 miles, right? Um, well, um, an ultra marathon is anything over 26.2. Okay. So for this first one, um, I haven't quite decided the distance yet. I think I might keep it to 50 kilometers, which is like just a little over 31 miles simply because I don't know which route I'm going to have yet. So I have to make sure that, you know, I've got enough space and I'm not telling anybody that the location except for a few friends that I'm going to have stationed sporadically throughout my route. Um, and it's something where, you know what, I don't want to wait for these races to open up because I just, I want to kick off this running season, this race season in 2021, um, with something that I've always wanted to do, which is an ultra marathon. I never thought I could do it. Now that I can, I'm going to do it. And it's going to raise money for a nonprofit organization that really, you know, that, um, treats kids with cancer and so, so and they don't charge able to how are you going to raise the money while doing your ultra marathon 
Yeah, that's a really good question. So I actually have a, a memorial fund set up so people can find all those links in my CJ, CJ and do everything um, profile and they can donate there. Um, and all those funds go directly to St. Jude. So I don't touch any of it. It just goes directly to them. Um, so people can, you know, they're like, gosh, you know, this race. So every race that I run, I'm starting kicking it off with my ultra marathon in May mm -hmm. because that month is significant because I lost my dad and my sister in May. Um, and then every race thereafter, I'm going to be raising money for St. Jude's so people can just continue to donate and, and support me that way. Um, so they, they can support me as well, you know, and because I'll have a link for that as well. Um, but this is just something really incredible as a way to give back. And I really, you know, giving back and making a difference is something that just at my core, I want to do. I don't need a lot of things. Like I'm not really a thing person. Um, I have my health. I have my, my daughter, like that's, that's what I need. Um, and so giving back is something that is really, really huge for me. Um, and I would love to be at a point where I can give back the majority of my salary. I mean, that would be fantastic. Love I'm not that. quite there yet, but I would love to at some point. I will, I will do that. Um, but this is a way that people can actually join in with this mission of making a difference with my running. So um, it's like racing for a, a racing to make a difference. I don't know. There's probably already something out there like that, but uh, I'll have to think of a creative name for it. I'm not really sure what, um, but that's going to be something huge. So in, you know, as races open up, I'll be signing up for, you know, marathons and ultra uh, marathons. Um, so there's, I know there's one in Los Angeles. I want to say it's in November. There's a marathon in Los Angeles. There's an ultra as well. I think in October, there's one back in my hometown of, of Minneapolis and St. Paul, the, the Twin Cities Marathon is in the fall. So I am planning on going back for that, like a, a homecoming. Um, so that it's going to be really cool. We're going to get the word out there and, you know, just do a lot of good for a lot of people. Um, and why not have my running and my story be the, the catalyst for it? Exactly. It's going to get people interested and excited about it. And they're going to be like, you know what? I want to run an ultra marathon, but I'll totally donate to the cause. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. I love, I love to hear that. And let, let me do all, all the work. You just donate and it's tax deductible, of course. So exactly. like, don't, don't worry about that. And why not? I'll do all the work. All you need to do is just sit there and donate. I love, I love to hear that. And that's the same thing that we do here at Plan Strength. 5% of all of our sales, we are now in full production with our new plant-based meat chicken bites and 5% of all of our sales are going directly to our partner farm sanctuary. So that 5% of the sale equates to anywhere between, depending on the price of the pack, if you're purchasing a single pack or bundles, anywhere between 15 to 20% of our net profits on the pack. So we feel the exact same way. So I love to hear that. It's really all about giving back and it's just really inspirational. I, I'm really like, I, I'm, I feel really inspired by you. And it just, it just, it just reaffirms exactly everything that we're doing with plant strength. And I just love to hear everything that, that you're doing, Jane. It's, it's, uh, it's really awesome. So before it's, before we continue on, I'd like to take a brief moment to highlight our team member of the week, something we do every episode to show our love and appreciation for our ever-growing family. Hey everyone, my name is Devin and I am happy to be Plant Strength Team Member of the Week. You can find me on Plant Fueled Strength on Instagram. And a change that I would like to see in the world personally is just a decrease in the amount of conformity in the world. 
Um, I think people are just not, they're not questioning enough about the reality um, that they live in. Um, people just kind of blindly accept cultural norms, societal norms, um, the norms of their family and friends. And um, this directly ties to veganism, of course, because people don't question um, whether they really need meat and dairy or how those foods are even actually made. Um, so I wish people would question systems more. And uh, I think that is a really important uh, direction we need to go um, for the sake of humanity. Now it's time for my favorite part of the show, our growth spurts and growing pain segment. So it goes, things changing, I know that though I've got no control, that's just the way that we grow. And no one told me what's ahead on this road, so until I break for those of you who haven't heard of this segment before, at the end of every show, we ask each guest what a recent growth spurt of theirs is, an accomplishment that they're proud of, as well as a growing pain, something that they're still trying to get better with. Both of these can be health, work, or life related. So with that, we'll start right at the top. Jane, tell me, what is a recent growth spurt of yours? Well, a growth spurt for my for for me, um, gosh, there have been so many. I would say, um, you know, this this three hundred plus miles a month is the biggest growth spurt for me because you know it's something that I thought I could never do, and um, now that I now that I can do it, just knocking that out every month and showing up for myself in that way has been huge and. You know, I look at the the miles that I run, and it's one of these things where I just I think back to the person I used to be, and how impressed she would be, and then and then I look back with so much gratitude, Bobby, because this is something that, you know, that that woman didn't know what this was going to look like. She didn't know what she was going to do. She didn't know where this was going to lead. She didn't know exactly how she was going to make any of these changes happen. She just knew that she believed enough in the person I am now to start, to begin again, even though she failed so many times before. So this has been such an amazing period of growth for me. Um, and it's just you know, proof positive too, that once you get in shape and you're fit and you're healthy, there's still room to grow. So this is when I've been at this, the, the same weight for almost two years now. So it's you know, one of these things that is sustainable. It is long lasting. It's not like a, you know, fad, like a yo-yo thing. Um, so I keep growing and improving and changing. And, I, and that's a, a huge message for people too, is like, you're never done. You, you keep improving on yourself because you, it's not because you need to, it's because you want to. Exactly. Because you see what you've done and what you've accomplished and you're like, oh my gosh, I can do so much more. Exactly. Once you start seeing the results, it just makes you hungry for more. And that's really what it's about. It's not about just seeing results. It's about learning how to build results that last. So on that note, what would you say a current growing pain of yours is? Something you're still trying to get better with? Yes. So that's a really good question too. And okay. So I started this idea. I had this idea to have my own coffee company because I love coffee. I do. And this is something that you know hit me. I'm like, I really need to do this. I need to make this happen. And so this has actually been a huge growing pain for me because I like to make things happen now. Like I dive in, I do the work. My work ethic has always been my selling point. Always. 
Yeah. And so this is something where, you know, I just wanted it to happen right this minute, right now, but I was waiting on the state and the county for the right permits and all these different things. And it really made me take a step back and make sure that things were the way I wanted them to be. So make sure like the logo was the way I really wanted it to look. Um, and it's been kind of difficult to wait on this because I just want it done now. I want it, I want to launch it now. Um, but the beautiful thing about it is that you know having this pause that has been such a growing pain for me um, has forced me to be patient with a whole process. And it's really reflective of my journey because when you learn to love the the process rather than being so focused on an end result you find joy in all these different moments. So I was like playing around with things and what kind of labels do I want? So it's been a growing pain and it's just been this opportunity for me to really, you know, take a step back and be patient with the whole process, enjoy this journey. Um, and it'll be launching soon. So that's something really great. It's called Badass Rebel Warrior Coffee and half of all of the um, net profits are going to be going to this memorial fund at St. Jude. So that's something really incredible as well. That's so amazing. And I fully, fully connect with you on that of just learning to enjoy the process. I am exactly like you always just, I have an idea, time to let's go get it. Let's go get after it. Let's get it done. And just learning to be patient and let things grow and really just stoke the fire you don't it doesn't you don't have to blow it up right yet you really need to just let it build let it bake and then it's going to turn into something so much greater and so much better by taking that time and, and, and just really enjoying yourself along the way so i've i fully 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 connect with you on that and really what i've learned from all that is patience is a virtue time has a way of healing everything. It has a way of showing you everything. It really makes the biggest difference if you can apply that to your life and practice that patience. And like you said, enjoy the process, enjoy the journey. Thank you so much for sharing your journey. I feel like we could talk for hours. I know there's so much more that you could talk about. So thank you so much for sharing what you did. I definitely took a lot of different things away from this episode. And I really hope that all of you guys listening did too. So before we wrap things up, Jane, please tell, please tell everyone, where can everyone find you online, both with your social media, but also what the links are for everything that you have going on? Yeah. So you can find me at CJ and do everything on Facebook and Instagram. I think I have a Twitter account, but I never use it. So don't find me on there. Um, and Badashable Vegan, that's, you know, on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I'm also Badashable Runner. So that's something that I started a long time ago. And I am going to be um, posting content on there now as well. Um, so people can find all my links, especially on the CJ and do everything. That's my main you know, Instagram account. So you can find that right in my profile. All the links for everything I'm doing are going to be in there. So awesome. as things come up, you can find them there. Um, and that's that's where people can, can find me and follow along my journey and hopefully be inspired to live the life that they deserve, really create that life they deserve. Because that's the main thing, you know? I mean, this is, you only have one life. You need to make this life count. You need to, you know, create the life you deserve, value yourself enough, um, to actually live the life you've always wanted to live because you're you're worthy of that. And a lot of people don't understand that they're 
that they actually have that that self-worth. It's something that you're born with. So um, you don't have to find it. It's already there. I love that. That's such a positive note to, to end the show on. And I'm going to make sure that all of your links are in the show notes if you guys are listening to this. And of course, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can check the description. Every single link for Jane will be right down there. So make sure to check everything out. Definitely got to try her coffee brand and of course, support her on her 300 miles a month. I cannot even, that's 10 miles a day. I can't even fathom that. <laughs> can't even fathom that, but make sure to support her on giving back to St. Jude's. It's, it's something both of us uh, really connect with. And, um, you know, I just, I think about my father every day. So I'll definitely be supporting that and supporting you in that. I really appreciate everything you're doing. So thank you again for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. And until the next one, as always, guys, I'm your host, Bobby Lynch, and this is Plant Strength Radio. Plant Strength Radio is hosted by Bobby Lynch, produced and edited by Kiwan Harrison. Original theme music by Alex Brinkley and Tyson Bryce. If you would like to hear more podcasts like this, please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts can be streamed. To learn more about Plant Strength, the company behind this podcast, please visit www.plantstrengthperformance.com or follow us on social media at Plant Strength Performance. Plant strength, sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment. Thank you for listening.